What's up, everybody? This episode of Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast is brought to you by Piedmontese Beef. Yeah, World Carnivore Month is over, and I think I'm totally done with me. No, you're honest. not. I'm going vegan. You're fibbing. No. That's, no, uh, fake news. Yes, I am actually lying. There's, there's no reason. I'm going to put all type... Pause. I'm going to eat... Oh. There's no way of saying that I want to eat all types of Piedmontese Especially when beef. dudes are in the room. Yeah. Like a bunch of children. Yeah. Um, well, they have a lot of great cuts of meat. <laughs> there that you have, go. You know, a lot of protein. Uh, some have lower fat, some have higher fat. You really can't lose with the options and they all taste great. So eat all the meat you want, gentlemen. Yeah. And I'll one up and you. ladies. Yeah. Uh, well, see, here we go. Uh, oh, go ahead and check out the Piedmontese hot dogs because those things are incredible. All right. Hey, yo. <laughs> 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 all right get the piedmontese all beef hot dogs cut them up like you're you know four or five years old trying to eat some hot dogs uh and then enjoy them that way i promise you they're they taste incredible uh they're somehow like they i don't even uh they're super low in fat super high in protein doesn't make any sense all i can say is you need to go try these things out right now head over to piedmontese.com that's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't need notes for this guy. Are we live? Are we going? Yeah, we're going now. Oh, Ooh. shit. We're actually starting on time. If we wait any longer, will there be anyone listening? <laughs> or will we still have nobody? <laughs> Might have a few people. We can't answer that. What if we do have people that are listening, but they're a bunch of nobodies? If nobody's listening, <laughs> is anybody actually paying attention? I don't know. If a it's tree like that falls, tree falls. Yeah, yeah, that's, that thing. Can you afford to Clever. pay attention? <laughs> I don't know. These food stamps don't buy diapers. I got that. <laughs> I got that. That was, that was good. That and Seema is like, always like about three second delay. <laughs> yeah. It, it usually, it's like you see me like looking off in the distance. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right, my man. Well... <clears throat> You got some more time on your hands. You've been able to be home. What's that been like? Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, you've been a, a strength of... coach for 20 some odd years and now you're uh, moving on to doing some other stuff. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, the, the hustle and bustle of the season and, you know, being kind of, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I've spent a Christmas at home. It's always been working. And so, yeah, a little bit different, but uh, I'm enjoying it. There's got to be some things that are going to be. Like when the season starts, there's got to be some like itches going on. I know you did it for a long time and you put your time in, but at the same time, it must have felt really good to prep these guys for the field and then to see what they're able to do on game day and walk away at those victories and stuff. How are you going to be able to deal with not maybe not having that around anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, I it's guess like family, you right? Know what? I, I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I'm going to enjoy my kids, enjoy my family. I'm going to put my energy into other things you know that like I've, I've said uh, you know earlier you know the path has presented itself for me mm. so i'm going to take it and and full steam ahead I'm, how old are your kids because when you were talking about like how you had to travel right mm -hmm. especially being on the vikings how mm -hmm. like you'd be gone for a few days and you'd be back home uh, i'd imagine that there's like there's some like stress there a little bit since you can't always be there and you're not supposed to always be there but how long have you been having to fly places for work and not be home as often yeah so the last four years I, I was with the minnesota vikings so that was away then you know mm -hmm. prior to that with the with the 49ers and i was there for you know 10 years so it's been the last four years okay and you know i whenever you're away like that <clears throat> i made it a point not to 
resent the fact that I was away because it wouldn't help me with where I was at. And so I just, it's what it was. And, you know, when I got time to go home and be with the kids and do those sorts of things, I really took advantage of that. Okay. You know, I keep, we keep hearing people say time and time again that like, you know, times are changing. Things are so different. People are so different. You're somebody that had to interact with people, you know, all like all day, every day as, as part of the season and as part of a team, you know, and you got to have a team has like a shared sense of purpose and you need to get everybody on board. What have you kind of seen like the biggest changes from when you started in the individuals that you would work with to later on in your career, later on in your career? Uh, was there like a big shift of any kind or, or what did you see? You know, for me personally, like even, even the situation like now with the, with the pandemic and things that have, have unfolded, I just, I chose to look through a different lens and it wasn't one in which I was like, okay, this is what I can do. It's what I can do. And, and that's been my focus um, because it didn't serve me well to, you know, boohoo about the situation or what have you. I said, what can I do now? What can I do moving forward? And uh, just came with that type of attitude towards it. And just, you know, lots changed throughout the years, especially in, in this profession. And I just prided myself on staying on the cutting edge and, and working hard to think differently and, and, and do things differently and, and just, you know, continue to evolve and grow as a person as well. It's got to be tough to get people to like professional athletes. They're so gifted and they're told that they're gifted. It's like a pretty girl, like they're told time and time again. Right. And then maybe these professional athletes, maybe because of that, they don't have to learn certain things. Uh, maybe for some of them, maybe they don't have the same, I guess like grind or something like that. And so, when they're now put into a professional atmosphere where they have yeah. a schedule, um, this is where you and I uh, cross paths really well, I think, is uh, how do you get people to listen uh, and to pay attention and to buy into the stuff that you're doing without it being – because if, if we force them and say, if you don't do that, you're going to get – you know, that's, yeah. just, that's just kind of shit that doesn't work you know, well. Yeah, I would say for – you know, an outside perspective would be that would be the case. But to be honest with you, it's when you're in it, the best ones – do exactly that they're the ones that are the hardest workers they're the ones that hone their craft there's the ones that are learn how to be professionals and what they do otherwise they're not going to be in the career very long so i think if there's a misconception that 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 is hard to do it's not that hard to do especially for those guys because those are the ones that really want to do things the right way and take it upon themselves to be a professional and then those are the guys that kind of move the needle for everybody else almost, right? Absolutely. Those are, the, you know, the, you know you're in a good place when your best players are your hardest workers. Mm -hmm. And um, that's usually the case. And, and the guys that are, you know, you don't last in the NFL. You don't last in professional sport if you're lazy and you don't do things necessary to, to, to be the best of what you do. You just don't. Mm -hmm. Now, when working with NFL athletes, I think football is an interesting sport because not only there's a lot of explosion in terms of what these athletes do, there's kind of a level of grappling when it comes to people having to tackle each other. There's, there's all this t different types of movement that like you, you know, when you look at track wrestling, a lot of different sports, there's a lot of, I guess, like, like intertwining stuff there. When you mentioned that you stay on the cutting edge of strength, what are some things that maybe some people haven't been paying attention to in the past few years that have actually, I guess, potentially revolutionize the way things are done if there has been anything that's revolutionized the yeah, way things are done. Yeah, you know, you know, how I look at it is is this way with what you just mentioned whether it's a grappling or the track or the boxing or what have you like mm -hmm. those are all sports within themselves and they're almost close and close enough to mess things up. Football is football. Mm -hmm. Let's not get it twisted. Those demands are far different than 
being on the mat and shooting, you know, double legs and single mm-hmm. legs and, and doing those sorts of things. They're not one and the same. So the demands to do each of them are very, very different. Although if you're outside looking in, it may seem like it's very similar. It's not, yeah. you know, punching, uh, in boxing is not equivalent to, you know, uh, pass blocking in football, just not mm-hmm. even close. So, um, I think it's important to understand there's a distinction between those, um, in terms of revolutionary, is there anything revolutionary right now? Not really. Okay. Not really. Not really. Can there be? Absolutely. What's being done and what is doable are two different things. So when you um, say like, can there be when what's being like versus like what's being done, what are the things that are being done that you don't see being applied that maybe you think should be applied? Well, first of all, I think too many people are getting away from what is actually demanded of them mm. from a football standpoint. Right. And, and that's key, right? It starts with that. It doesn't start with things in the gym or things, you know, that have nothing to do with what is going to be demanded of them. Yeah. Here's a revolutionary concept, right? <laughs> right? In order to become more formidable, powerful, explosive, whatever, in facets of the game, you got to do facets of the game, right? And so let's not get it twisted, right? All that other nonsense that's going on out there a lot of times has nothing or loosely is correlated to what it is that's going to be asked of them to do. Mm. The other part of it is just the thinking of it, right? The tactical component, the communication, the ability to make decisions, the ability to execute, having a level of fitness to repeat those things. That needs to be front and center, right? So when you think about preparation, it's all about what are the tactical objectives coupled with what are you philosophically committed to, right? So as a team, if say if I'm a run first team, well, guess what? I better get used. I better get used to putting a hand in the dirt, mm-hmm. creating force, and being able to run block. Period. If you're a run first team, mm-hmm. if you're an up tempo team, well, guess what? I better get used to shortening the rest periods in between plays because that's the philosophical commitment that I have. Mm-hmm. So it starts with tactics coupled with what you're committed to philosophically. Do you think it's some? It uh, maybe in some ways compares to like. If someone was to go to like a gun range, right, they would they could learn how to shoot and they can learn how to aim, uh, but it's not necessarily going to prepare you for war. Sure. Right. It's it's just like it's one small aspect of you uh, looking at a target that's not moving and you shooting at something. And there's there's tactics involved in that. Yep. But if it was like pure violence like sure. in the street or something like that, the way that I have kind of looked at some of these things is like, you know, someone can teach you how to like throw a jab and protect mm-hmm. yourself a little bit. But. When it comes down to it, somebody crazy comes yelling and screaming at you. I'm not so sure you're going to be able to utilize those those tactics unless you've been trained in the circum in something that looks a lot similar to the circumstances that you're going to face. So, so you know that that's a great point. It's just like the guy that's great on the heavy bag but gets thrown in the ring and gets his face kicked in, right? Like one of the things to consider and think about is is scaling what it is that you're doing and have an understanding of what the variables that come into play. So for example, if, if I'm a defender, say a linebacker for that matter, and I'm having to, you know, basically, uh, you know, what, you know, uh, attack, uh, uh, tackle a ball carrier. Well, there's a number of facets that come into play a number of variables. How can I scale that? First of all, let's slow things down a little bit so there's an understanding so I have confidence in what it is that I'm doing. Uh, let's get some repetitions doing that so it becomes automated. And let's make sure the quality of what we're doing is, is, is up to par too. 
before you just throw the guys. You don't get better at boxing by just sparring all the time, right? So you break things down into its components. You break things down into its individual techniques. And then you hone into those things. And then you start integrating them and start pulling them together. So it's not just one or the other, right? It's understanding. It's almost like that part-whole approach. Or how can I work back from what's going to be demanded? How can I scale it from, from an intensity standpoint where the threshold isn't so much right? That it doesn't, it doesn't help me to do, do the task in which I have to do, right? You couple that with what, what all the other things that come into play into playing football, right? Down in distance, you know, uh, you know, where you're at on the field, where you're at in terms of the time of the game. These are all different factors that come into play that you just can't, you know, get thrown into the fire. That's not going to, you know, you're the high level guys, they figure it out. But in terms of development, that's not the right way to do it. You got to kind of break it down and work back from there. And then gradually, as you start getting better at what it is that you're doing, then you start increasing some of the variables and then you start increasing the intensity. It's it's funny that you were talking about all those regressions because um, we had this guy, uh, Ben Patrick, he's sneezing. Yeah, he knows. Guy. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, like the, the when we were talking about the way, you know, he regresses a lot of the stuff that he does, like even the simplest aspects of it, it's very, very, very boring. So what I'm wondering with like a lot of the regressions you're talking about sure. here, when you have to get a professional athlete to actually take something seriously, how do you have them buy into that? Because a lot of athletes, when they look at something that maybe a walk in the park for them, you're saying do that over and over again. Yeah. How do you get them to buy well, into you'd doing be surprised. Like you'd yeah? be surprised because I, I think what happens is when you always work back from what they actually do, what they actually do and there's relevance, then they're going to put more and there's more interest in it, right? Mm -hmm. You start doing all this nonsense that has nothing to do with what it is that they have to do. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, what am I doing this for, right? But when you work back from what they have to do, and you almost kind of reverse engineer that, mm. then there's this more more of an effort and more more, you know, more of a willingness to do that. You'd be surprised because it, that's what they do. Yeah, they do that really, really well. There, there, there's a reason why we're, they're at where they're at. Mm -hmm. It's because they do that really well. Okay, well, let's take parts of that and improve it even more. That's kind of the concept. Did that confuse you at times, like when you first got to the NFL level or started started working with higher level athletes? Were you kind of confused at like, why can't this guy do like a box jump or why why is this guy having such a hard time balancing doing lunges? You know what? I, I'll say this initially, yes, but the more in tune I got to what it actually took to prepare to do that, they needed to do that. The box jump had nothing to do with nothing. I could care less if they box jump. Can he put his hand in the dirt? And can he get off the ball and can he drive that three technique, right? Can the receiver get off the line of scrimmage? Can he come in and out of his break fluidly, mm. catch the ball and get upfield, right? Can he do that? I wasn't worried about any of the thing that had nothing to do with what he needed to do. So if the box jump doesn't work, how do we make the guy more explosive? Because I think a lot of coaches would think, well, let's have him jump or let's have him do this or that. How, how do we get him? What you have to understand is look at the end game, right? And then have an understanding of what are the physical traits that have to manifest to do the end game. Mm. It could be a box jump. It could be just a jump. It could be isolating just that part of the route, the top of the route. It could be isolating the initial stem of the route, which is the initial start. So it's working from there and working back. And then they're understanding, okay, what are the muscles involved, right? What are the types of contractions? Then you can get into something like a box jump or a jump or what have you. But understanding what is the task first and foremost? Let's do that really, really well because you can do that explosively, right? Now, 
what underpins, what are the physical traits that have to manifest to do that? And then you start peeling it back and you can get to a box jump. You can get to any type of jump, but you start with the task at hand. And the guys could look identical, right? I mean, one guy could could have two defensive tackles and they could be the same exact body weight, but one guy is responding to something completely different than the other guy. And that's where it must be hard to train everyone as a team. It can be, I'd imagine it could be difficult at times. Yeah, that's where, you know, you don't really. You train right. them as, as the individual because some, some guys respond better to certain things. Some mm-hmm. guys are more reactive in nature, right? And you want them to be. Some guys are more stable and you want them to be, right? So it, it all depends upon, you know, positional demands. And really, I've always thought this, like they're there for a reason. What is that reason? And let's amplify that. Let's make that the icing on the cake, right? And all those other things that kind of come together, I'm going to continue to work on. But they're there for a reason. What is the reason? And let's make it more of a reason, Mm -hmm. right? What are their strengths? And let's build upon it. Earlier, you were mentioning when I asked about, like, what what are there any, like, revolutionary things within strength training? You mentioned that, like, sometimes people aren't doing the things that actually work. Okay, so maybe looking at too many shiny things and trying to do too many things that aren't relevant, right? So I would imagine to become an NFL strength coach, there have to be some prerequisites in terms of your understanding. So maybe there aren't many bad NFL strength coaches, even though you could probably have a few on the top of your mind that you probably won't say. But with that being said, what are some things that you see strength coaches within football, whether it be college, whether it be NFL, what are some things that you see being applied that you're just like, that generally needs to stop or that generally we don't need to be yeah, doing this anymore. You know, I, I think the, you know, and this isn't no secret put on a YouTube or watch a game and just the, the, the charades and kind of the towel waving, jumping around stuff that has nothing to do with nothing. Just honestly. Yeah. Wait, wait what do you mean by that? Like, uh, just the whole, you know, you're the hype man and you're the uh, get back coach and really the, just the stuff that has nothing to do with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not helpful. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't do anything. What about, what about helping players maybe like manage their body weight? I would imagine that that would help maybe with some explosiveness for some of the guys. Like uh, a guy comes into camp and he's, you know, 20 pounds over what he should yeah. be. Like how have you guys helped? How have you, how have you man- managed some of that? You know, many roads lead to Rome. So what happens is everybody's an individual in terms of how they respond. And, and sometimes extra body weight is good for guys. It all mm-hmm. depends on kind of the end result. And you know, you got to know if it's, it's, if it's a limitation, then, then we need to address it. And, you know, just kind of like in concept of, you know, your 10 minute walk type, mm-hmm. type, uh, you know, methods. I would do that with guys that had to drop weight mm-hmm. is just kind of intermittently dose them throughout the day to keep the engine burning and just little bouts like that versus, you know, Hey, turn it into some punishment deal where the guys are, you know, you're running them mm-hmm. into the ground. So I would do things like that, but there is an optimal weight for guys. And, and like I said, sometimes your, your, your best guys aren't the most fit guys. They can just play football, you know? So mm. there's always that. Too. When I went to the playoff game, it was the uh, 49ers and Vikings and uh, Oof. you were previously with the 49ers yeah. and then you were, with the Vikings, and then you were going against the, the other strength coach that was mm-hmm. there was your uh, uh, protege, I guess you'd say, right? Something like that. He was he was under you previously, right? Yeah. So yeah, not not under me directly, but he's somebody that I've I've I'm friends Help with. Mentor, perhaps, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure, great guy, and, and somebody that I still continue to have a relationship with. On both teams, I, I from what I remember, I'm like thinking 
there's no more fat guys in the NFL. Like, <laughs> where the fuck did all the fat guys go? Hmm. How come guys aren't like, I mean, I'm sure you had some fat guys on your team, but like, they're not really around as much anymore. Well, they're like you, the real big Yeah, fat guys. You, you think about the game <laughs> itself too, right? Everything is very explosive in nature. It's an alactic sport. Well, think about that. When it's explosive in nature, you're getting those contractions, right? And there's a reason why, you know, a gymnast is 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 lean mm. and, and put together. It's not because they lift weights. It's because whatever it is they're doing is very explosive in nature. And so the muscles get contracted and you get a lot of leaner guys. And this day and age, you know, it's it's not like it used to be. You better come ready to go in the NFL. You better come ready to play. You, you gotta better, be fast, right? Speed ki- kills, right? Yeah. And those guys are very athletic, very explosive. Your biggest guys are some of the best athletes. You know, they're 300, 300 plus pounds that are just can do things that you, you know, that, that skill position players do. Yeah, it's pretty, some freaks out there. Do you have any advice for individuals that are coaches, whether it be, again, college, whether it be NFL? Um, Because we had Phil DeRue here. He's he's a strength coach that works with a lot of UFC athletes. He was talking about how, like, an athlete will have a strength coach. They'll have a nutrition coach. They'll have a boxing coach. They'll have a grappling coach. All these different individuals now have to come together and try to build this athlete. But then they all have... They all believe that what they're doing is the most important thing. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem, right? <laughs> but it, obviously, as a as a you know as a strength coach, you do have to work with a, a few other coaches to try to get these players to perform at their highest level. Yep. What is wh- what are some strategies you'd believe to be able to navigate those waters to be able to get these players where they want to be, but also dealing with all these other potential egos in the way? Yeah, that's that's a you know really a siloed approach. So you got to be careful. Just. Like I gave the analogy to, to Mark earlier today, it's that cup analogy, right? If you're pouring in the cup, nutrition, performance, rehab, training, you know, if you're not careful that you're you're gonna have a mess on your hands. So mm-hmm. it's important to understand what proportion of what is getting put in the cup. It's also important to um at, at that stage understand, you know, why it is you're doing what it is you're doing. The ego must must be left at the door. Yeah. Because if you really think it's about you you're mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Unless it's a one-to-one correlation of you coaching yourself in the 100-meter final and you win a gold medal, is it because of you? It's not because of you, right? You can actually, you know, a, a lot of it is in spite of versus because of. So you just got to make sure um, there's 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 clean lines of communication and, and ego has to be put aside. It has to be if you want what's best for the athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that you and uh, James Smith are close friends and uh, – James has said to me, and this has been very puzzling for me over the years. I don't always know why the hell he says the thing he does, but you know, James was a former strength coach as well, and uh, he was like trying to figure out a way to eliminate the position. Sure. What What are your thoughts on that? And like, uh, can you make sense of that for us? Yeah, I can make sense of it. Uh, you know, obviously, James uses. You know, I don't want to speak for him, but he is a very close friend of mine, and and. Uh, you know, it's been, you know, very helpful for me in, in my career. Um, his point being is coaches should have that understanding, right? You don't got to be an expert in everything, but you should have a common understanding of all the facets of preparation and it shouldn't be siloed. It shouldn't be, okay, you're dealing with the strength, you're dealing with nutrition, you're dealing with the tactics. There needs to be a unification and a synchronization of all the modes of preparation and he thinks there should be a coach. Mm-hmm. A coach should have that understanding. And one of the best examples he well, That's gives, what it would mean to be a coach is that you are well-balanced and understanding. And maybe you still have a little help from yeah, some other people, right? For sure. There's always going to be experts at, di- at different right. levels, but you do have an understanding. 
he gives an example of the chef de brigade, which is how to become a head chef in France. And what happens is at the very bottom is the chef de commis who deals with, you know, say preparing the proteins. Above that is the chef du partie who takes a part of the cooking, whether it's a soup, sauces, what have you. Above that is the sous chef. We Making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you all know what that is, right? Yeah. And then you have the head chef. But if you go up and down that hierarchy, there's a commonality and they all know how to cook, right? They all know how to cook. They all know how to peel a vegetable. Mm-hmm. And so it's that understanding of having a, almost like an executive chef mentality of, you know, whatever you want, whether it's on the menu or not, I can cook it, right? Mm-hmm. I know how to prepare it. I know what course goes with what. And so it's having that understanding. And I'm not saying, you know, not everybody's going to have that. I mean, it's a tall order and a, and a big task, but you should have some common knowledge in those facets. It's just like me in my position. I should have common knowledge behind the tactics that are called. Why? Because that's the end result. I should have common knowledge of the specific techniques for those tactics. Why? Because those are the positions that they're going to have to be in to do the tactics. Mm. And then the physical traits, that's what I do. That's that's the easy stuff. That right? makes a ton of sense. So if the head coach switched to some sort of offense where uh, they open the field up a lot and they're in the shotgun position all the time, and people are going to be running a lot more. So as a strength coach, it would be helpful that you're like, oh, okay, they're Correct. doing the run and shoot or they're going to have less breaks in yep. between plays. Yep, yep. That, that makes a lot of sense. Then the training really is, is really is what emerges is that just that right whether it's work to rest ratios whether it's what exactly it is you're doing so it's very targeted right and i think it's it it means that much more right because you're actually it means it means it's there's relevance to everything you do so i guess this is like a chicken or the egg question then which one would a coach focus on first becoming like really skilled in one area or kind of being more all around that is that is a good question and and i'll answer that with it all starts with tactics as it relates to football, mm-hmm. right? It all starts Makes with sense. tactics. Why? Because there's 60 to 80 times a game, there's tactical intervention. There's communication, there's decision, there's execution, and there's fitness. Think about it. Every 30 seconds, there's a new tactic. You're hearing a new play. You have to understand, what does that play mean to me? What do I remember? What does it mean? And now I got to process that information. That happens all the time. You can't just have these physically gifted guys and then get out on the field and they don't know what they're doing. Those guys look slow and look like they can't move. Why? Because they're thinking too much. Mm. You have to lead with the tactics. Then what underpins tactics are the specific techniques. Then what underpins the techniques are the physical traits. So it's a top-down model versus... I start in the weight room, we get big and strong, ooga booga, and you can't play. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? So that's that's what that is. I love that. That's a good translation. Right <laughs> ooga booga. booga. Yeah. That's, that's our field. <laughs> Let me ask you. So when did the, because you mentioned that top-down approach from tactics multiple times now. Um, was there a certain point in your career where maybe you changed? Because I, I can imagine that there are some strength coaches listening that maybe they don't think in that certain way right now. Sure. Maybe they're younger. Yeah. And it's maybe this is what has them switch their approach to the way they think about it. So did you think yeah, about this from there, the start? Did there, you just No, no, no. Absolutely. So, so I was telling Mark, you know, when I, first of all, as an athlete myself, I was always doing this training that they said was the right training, but I could never do it. Like I was doing these like long distance runs and my back was blown out. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But then I get in the game and I'd be like, good. And it just made me question like, why am I doing that? 
this is what I need to finish and do. Why am I doing all this stuff? Mm. And so I was questioning things and I was very critical of it. And then it wasn't until, you know, when I initially got into the field and I got into Arizona State and I started doing all these different sports. I did track and field. I was working with volleyball. I was working with wrestling. I was working with uh, tennis and football. For SNC. For SNC. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I had like so many sports I was working with. I started looking at the physical traits, just the physical traits, knowing what I know now. I mean, I needed to look a lot more, but at that time, that's where my mind was. I have a background in martial arts. So I always knew like repetition and quality and technique and that, how important that was. Then I'd look at all these sports and say, look, if I can get the capacity and the resilience of a wrestler the explosiveness and power of a track and field athlete, the power and the body awareness of a, a volleyball player. If I take all those traits and combine them together, I'd have one badass football player. That was my mindset because I always knew I wanted to be in the NFL. And that's basically what I did. And then it wasn't until that where there was this evolution of me questioning and asking, well, why? And okay, what's most important? And why is this guy? He's so physically gifted, but the dude can't do it on the field. Then I started peeling it back to understanding, okay, well, your psychological state plays a huge role in that. And does that mean you're off in some room talking about flow state and being in the zone? No. How is that integrated into what it is you're doing? Then I started thinking, okay, hmm, we're onto something here. So then I started piecing it all together, but then it transitioned right into looking at the game. Just watch the game. It tells you what you need to do. Hmm. You uh, you mentioned being uh, you know, at the Super Bowl, and you told me a little bit about that experience. It sounds, it sounds, uh, it sounds really, really uh, amazing. Um, with your training now, I'm sure you would maybe would have interpreted it quite differently. But uh, can you share with us that experience of like you know getting on the field uh, on uh, the Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, it's 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 really one of those things. And, and people that have been, whether win, lose, or draw, have been you really have an appreciation of what it takes to actually get there because it's a lot of hard work. And uh, it's, a, it's a culmination of, of, you know, just, you know, the right type of people. You get a little luck on your side time, at times, right? You're fighting, clawing, and, you know, things happen. And uh, it, it's such a, such a team sport. And, and to be at the pinnacle there and be on that stage uh, was a pretty special time, especially when you just, you know, you're basically doing a roll call of what it took for you to get there. And it's a pretty special deal. And, and then to do it right was even, even more so, and just more so sharing with the family and, and, and people that helped you along the way. Yeah. Now, did look, you have a lot of family that went oh, to yeah, it? All the, all the tickets went to family and friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so it's a time, you know, it wasn't about me at that, at that stage. It was about those people and, and them helping you along the way from, you know, what you've done and where you've been. And so that, that was a very special time. And, you know, when you look back on it now, you know, there's no reduce, right? It, it is what it is, but you definitely do have some things to pull and learn from. I didn't understand the enormity or what I, I perceived as the enormity looking back on it, like granted it's a game, but it's, is it really just a game? I mean, it's pretty powerful and you know, I, I didn't interpret it how I needed to, nor did the guys that were playing there because you know, we, we fell behind early and, and then managed to battle back once everything kind of settled down. But you know, a, a great learning experience from that standpoint that, that helped me, you know, because it, it's like kids, right? You know, you don't know until you know, it's like, you know, I can't tell you how to be a dad until you, you actually, you know, walk in those shoes at times. Right. And so that was the same type of situation, having gone through that and knowing what it took to get there and how hard that was. 
you know, it makes you appreciate that whole process. You mentioned uh, seeing like Beyonce and some different people in the crowd and how that even kind of got, you know, hits you pretty hard, which yeah. is interesting to hear from you because you're around a lot of high level people. Like, you know, I think you know more people than than anybody else I know. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I know that guy. You're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> so for you to be starstruck is, is, a, is a pretty big deal. But now... With some of the training that you have, with yeah. you, the consulting that you and James are, are doing together a little bit, um, you know, what would it mean to you to see Beyonce there? Like, would it would it be irrelevant? Or <laughs> well, let me say this: I'm 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 a student of James's as it relates to that. Right. Um, you know, I'm definitely not taking the lead there. I'm I'm a student, and and he's been very instrumental in in my learning. Um, I'm far from you know, but I practice what I what what he preaches, and I practice it, and. Um, yeah, I'd look at it clearly different. Even then, I wasn't like super, I wasn't starstruck at all by any means, but I saw how other people responded where there's grown men crying and it's just like, oh, geez, whoa, like, whoa this is hitting dudes. Like Some of the guys are crying because oh, it's before a, the game. a lifelong dream of Absolutely. theirs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and there's just a different energy. You know, Mark, you were at the playoff game when we were there with mm-hmm. the Vikings and just there's an energy that kind of comes with it. Um, no, it's wild. Even just being your friend, like I was so charged up during yeah, the game and yeah. I'm like, why am I so fired up? Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like running out in the field and, and fucking everything up for everybody <laughs> and injuring myself, you know? <laughs> well, that's just it. And so, so to see that and just, you know, I'm very observant all the time, right? I'm always watching dudes and seeing how people respond and react. And I kind of, I took a step back and was like, whoa, this is hitting some dudes now. Like, and guys, what, what I saw as the result of that was guys were not you know when your best players are not playing how they need to play there's something there and and it was it was hurt it 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 it, you know impacted them in a way that they weren't able to demonstrate you know how good they are yeah the crying may have been something to play in your favor but in that situation it didn't no totally maybe it was like this is really cool that i'm here i'm going to make the most of it whereas some of them it might have been an end game for them just to get to the super bowl and maybe they lost concentration of what they were supposed to do i I guarantee absolutely it did guarantee it 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 did it do do some things with guys in terms of them you know we we did a first 15 plays that we kind of be tough to have it not affect you though like the whole week you know you're there for like 10 14 days or something right here's here's my thing and and you're right, but but it's it's all interpretation. Like in and, and what hap- needed to happen was that needed to be front and center, not just glossed over. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, hey, just another game. You know, <laughs> it needed to be talked about, mm-hmm. right? And I think leading into that game, you know, prior to us getting on the bus, it was like a um, we had like a 15 minute montage of the season and i was like whoa like holy geez you know we did some things here and then to get on the bus and and literally walk down the flight of stairs and see crowds of people but you you see crowds of people but you know your parents are like glowing Mm -hmm. you can see them you can pick them out right your family that was you know that was pretty special and but but just knowing and having an understanding so you can be aware and and that doesn't mean you discount how you feel okay you don't got to be robots but you you're aware of it right you're aware of how you feel and then you're aware of how to interpret that to best serve you and 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 be most helpful right so what are the like i guess when athletes listen to that they're probably wondering, okay, how can I then apply that to whatever it is, my competition day, my yeah. powerlifting day, my yeah. bodybuilding day or whatever. Yeah. What 
like because what you're talking about I, I i heard recently not even recently but i heard that the nfl started adopting stoicism as like something that athletes read a lot about right and that's exactly kind of what you're talking about there but what are some practices for athletes to do like psychologically to help them be stronger and more concentrated on game day well first of all don't deny it right second of all be aware that's even happening right mm -hmm. and so you're not like a bad person if you feel a certain way or you get amped up or you know you're you're, you're a little bit nervous or mm -hmm. have whatever right that you're not a bad person but if it does happen how do i reset how do i get back to baseline how do i because how do i best perform and and be able to you know one acknowledge that but two be able to reset to where it's most helpful that I I basically have access to all my ability because if you don't if you're upregulated you can't pull from working memory you can't think and it affects how you move and, and perform mm -hmm. it, it's a fact that's what happens and so how do you best reset and and sometimes it's very quick but what you'll find is when you get into that mode of like like learning and you get the mode of, um, of, of being aware of these things, then every single day, these things emerge and you're like, okay, I know how to respond to that. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not going to do the other. That's not helpful. Okay. Every day this happens. Right. And so that's the powerful tool. It's like a superpower. We talk about of your interpretation of anything in any situation that happens, you get a choice how to interpret that. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a good thing. It's just what it is. And so you remain objective with that. But the key is, is it be having awareness of things that happen and understanding you get to choose how to interpret that every time. Yeah. It's crazy how, how much it impacts you. Like in the course of a football game, uh, you may learn that the other team has a really good running game, yep. you know? And so going into the game, you're like, well, this guy's not going to run all over us. So as a defensive back, you're watching the backfield and you're like, the, se the second the guy kind of pops through the hole, you're going to get ready to hit him. But you're supposed to cover a certain uh, aspect of the field if you're in like a zone defense. And you would think that you would protect that zone, that area. Mm -hmm. But because you're, a lot of your mind and a lot of your decision-making skills may be compromised because you had anxiety over sure. this guy running all over your whole team's face the entire game, then you get sucked in by like mm -hmm. a play action pass and somebody just ran behind <laughs> you. And to, to your point, the wide receiver that's running down the field isn't running down the field for no reason on a run play, like, uh, you know, without, without anybody, you know, guarding him. He's yeah. running down the field because he knows that they're going to throw the ball over your head because you're dumb enough to fall for the <laughs> yep. play action pass. So it, it's interesting how these things, they, they, they play into every aspect of the tactics that you're talking about. Yep. yep. Definitely. And, and plays into every decision. And, and a lot of times too, in that type of situation, Mark, they will send a guy down the field. I mean, just yeah. to, as a decoy to get you out there, right? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of cat and mouse there as it relates to that. It's a chess match. But again, if you if you want to make the right decisions at the right time and be able to pull from your working memory and think most freely, it has to be in a state of, of equanimity and an imbalance, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be, if you get upregulated, trust me, that that you'll have conflicting thoughts, right? And you won't be able to react and process like you need to. Other than athletic ability or crazy athletic ability that you've been able to see from a lot of these top level players, what, what amount, because I imagine that there's probably going to be quite a few football players listening. What amount of studying do you see some of these players do when it comes to 
plays when it comes to like playbooks, et cetera. Like when you, when you think about the really, really good yeah, ones, yeah. are there guys who are just naturally, they just have great awareness? Not or? To, but here's, I would say there are, but these guys do a tremendous amount of, of studying. Self-study. What does that look like in terms of like time commitment, oh, et cetera? I mean, I mean, these guys live on their iPads. I mean, it's all day. It's at night. It's in, in the, you know, while they're in the cold plunge, it's, it's nonstop, you know, and the better they get at that, the better it'll be, you know, in terms of their own self-reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Can you be your worst critic, right? With yourself, right? Can you, can you, can you self-evaluate yourself? Can you self-observe yourself? And the better you get at that, the better you're going to be, you know, just honest with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So... You're fooling yourself if you don't think you can improve. You know what I mean. So that the best ones are are able to do that and and have a plan with how to improve that. I think uh, it's been said by about uh, Charles Haley that his intelligence on the field was was crazy and that he knew the routes of the receivers on his team and he knew all the plays and. Um, you know, he's one of the most decorated football players of all time. I think he won like five or six mm-hmm. championships yep, or something like yep, that between yep. the Cowboys and the and the 49ers. I, I even uh, have heard some stories, I don't know how true they are, but like of certain teams trying to run plays and him looking to the sidelines after he just tackled somebody being like, you got to do better than that. Like you guys, yeah. ran, you guys ran that same play and, and he like, he recited like the date that yeah. they ran that same play and against what Ooh. team and the yeah. coach was like, oh. I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that, is, that is a great example and you know, Mark, you, you know, I can attest to this personally is your, your level of knowledge and your level of learning is predicated upon your level of interest right there's a reason these guys are interested in it right mm-hmm. you know i you they know wh- it, whether yeah. whether a guy was good in school or not good in school it's all based upon your interest level if you're interested in it you're going to put more into it it's going to mean something to you trust me these guys love football they're interested your level of interest will is determines your your ability to know what it is that you need to know and it you does. see ray lewis you know when he was playing he's just like simultaneously like running towards the ball and you're like, how does he know? But it's from the study, right? It's a huge, I mean, obviously he's an insanely gifted athlete yeah, as well. You know, um, it, it's, it's always problem solution, right? It's understanding distance. It's understanding play clock. It's understanding down and distance. It's understanding the front. It's understanding where they're at in the field. It's, you know, them becoming more knowledgeable and being able to piece this all together, right? They're able to do that, right? And why? Because they're interested, right? That that determines everything. It's a difference between, like, destroying somebody on the field and getting destroyed. Because, <laughs> like, if you don't know where a block is coming from or something, I mean, you're going to get lit up. You know, you're, you're hoping, you're hoping what you do in training is is giving you enough exposure to those types of you know, uh, situations. However, what you find in the NFL is they literally will flip a whole script and run like, you know, these teams that will run just different things every week and then come at it from a different formation and run the same thing and just kind of like it's cat and mouse, right? But as long as you stick to the fundamentals of what it is that you do, you know, there's not many things that these guys haven't seen, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it works. I believe you were with the team when this happened. Um, what was it like being at ground zero of, uh, I think it was Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeling during the uh, national anthem type thing? Like, what did that feel like a distraction to the team? Like, did it did it pull the team apart? Did it pull the team together? What are some of your, I know it's like a hot, you know, it's a, not an easy thing to talk about, but what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
it, it is easy for me. Be, one, you know, just because I can just speak on how, how that impacted, you know, myself and what that situation was like for myself is, you know, first of all, Colin Kaepernick worked his butt off. Okay. He was literally first guy in the building, you know, came, came with it every day, you know, very appreciative of that. I had him since a rookie, right? Mm. Oh. I had him since a rookie and, uh, had a you know great relationship with him. He worked his tail off, and um, so anything that that he's done or has done is you know it's always been good in my in my view. And you know in terms of the whole kneeling deal, it was almost like um, it, it didn't really phase me as much, right? It's because uh, you know I just I, I I saw him for who he was and and what he did does, and that was that. It wasn't too big of a thing for me i've always helped him uh you know even outside of um outside of uh you know with his training and, and helping him get lined up with certain things that were down the um you know it, it, during the off season and whatnot help him with places to train and so you know i had a, I had a great relationship with him there and i had him as a rookie you know mm -hmm. so th th those times we had good times man yeah. we had a really good team and he was a big part yeah, of that he helped take you guys to a super bowl yeah it was he was a big part of that we had a lot of good guys on that team yeah. And then um, more recently, I think it was before maybe this season, um, I'm having a hard time remembering what's what, what time, but like, I remember the Minnesota Vikings, they kind of held almost like a, a player's press conference. Sure. Yeah. And they were talking, I believe they were talking about the situation that happened with like George Floyd. And yeah. now that whole thing is pending on in court mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. everything like that. Um, when you saw the players come together and, and speak openly about their thoughts on that, what were yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, just in support of the players, always, right? And that's kind of, um, you know, we were right in the thick of things there. And, um, you know, it's like it's like anything, because we were smack dab in the middle of it. I just think it's cool, like, for the, you know, for the organization well, we to, you know, to back it as well. You, you know got, what I mean? I mean like, come on. Yeah. You know, that, that you yeah. know, again, and, and we, you know, I was, myself. Because a lot of the other teams didn't do that. Yeah, you know? but more started to to right, do right. that, right? But you know, I was in full support of those guys, and and I'm in support of what they were. You know, allow them to have that voice and have that opportunity and have that stage and and be supportive in that role, right? Actually, this this gets me curious about something that I've heard about, and it, I've heard about it vaguely, but it's something that I don't know. It, it's just a very odd thing. You know how a majority of NFL coaches, like head coaches, are white guys. And I don't think that that's like necessarily a bad thing or anything, but there's been a lot of um, talk on like, you know, getting a lot of different types of head coaches there, correct? But I've always thought, you know, like, if you need to find the best individual for a job, uh, for that specific job, you can't necessarily be like, you know, overlook him because this guy's Asian or this guy's whatever. And we don't have a lot of head Asian coaches, correct? I don't think there is any, a any, <laughs> any, right. Are there any head black coaches? I don't know either. Like, yeah, there's, yes. there's a few, yeah. there's, a, there's few, a few, right. Yep. Yep. Um, but it is, it is kind of odd because like, obviously a majority of the players are that are black and maybe there are knowledgeable players that could be coaches or something. But, but when you, because you've probably heard of this situation, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just, just curious since you are in the or you were in the NFL, so maybe you'd have an interesting take on that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's 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 a rough situation, but the it's just like as it relates to what? The, like, the fact that there, there I think aren't enough trying. minorities to be head coaches. You know, uh, you, you want to be able to have um opportunities, 
you know, they have to exist for, for opportunities for, you know, people, uh, uh, minorities and, and whatnot. And I think more so I'm curious, like, do you think that, cause again, the best individual should get the job no matter what, I, that I, is my belief. I, I agree with you that. You can't toss somebody in a job because they're, Correct. you can't just say yeah, the I, black guy, it's like, or, or an Asian guy sure. or a Mexican guy. If they're not the best person for the job, they're not the best person for the job. But from what you've seen, do you think that enough people are actually even getting an opportunity to apply for those positions or not? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not the one giving that opportunity. So I, 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 I wouldn't even know how that even, you know, yeah. if that's even the case, you know, mm -hmm. that, those are, that's some of the higher ups and, and. I do know that they talked, they've had conversations and this, this gets to be difficult to like figure out, but yeah. like they it's talk murky. about a lot of the owners in the NFL, um, and how a lot of the owners know each other They They have a network of people mm -hmm. and they talk about these different gatherings and different things that they have in the NFL. And because most of the owners are white, they end up with white friends. You know, they don't yeah. have, they don't, they don't have a lot of other ethnicities that are within arm's reach of them, I guess you'd say. And so the NFL has tried to institute some things to, uh, to assist with that. But that is a little bit weird in and of itself to say, like, now you got to bring in, you got to kind of have these other friends, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't, there, there's no, I just, my point is like, it seems like there's a no kind of clean a, way to do this. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It all kind of sounds uh, interesting, uh, but like, I would say, there I, is, I would it. say there is an initiative, right? You know, there is, mm -hmm. there right. is. And, and I, yeah, um, any attempt is, I guess, a good attempt to, it, it might be the wrong thing, but then we can end up fixing whatever's wrong and correcting keep, you keep, swing one way you yeah, correct the other. yeah keep working on it like even with the uh like with the rooney rule right like that mm. kind of i don't know do well, what is that so um basically um an organization has to interview a minority coach oh. t in order to like make a new hire or something like that i'm sorry if i'm butchering that but do coaches um i don't I mean, this would be a hard question for you to answer but like as a fan I see that as like, oh, they're just doing it because they have to. They're not actually interested in hiring this person. So does that coach see that as a true opportunity or are they like, damn, I'm, I'm the, the poster boy for this hire? <laughs> you know, it, it, you got him on the hot seat. Right? Here's, the thing, here's the thing. It, it would be how they would interpret it. I, and I don't want to speak for anybody yeah, yeah, in terms no, of how they feel perfect. about whatever, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I know there are a lot of qualified coaches out mm -hmm. there and a lot of good ones that are more than qualified to, to be head coaches. Yeah. Um, and to what degree, how they feel, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I don't know. Shifting yeah. gears, going on to something lighter. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you, uh, where did you start? How did you get interested in this? How'd you get excited about being a strength coach? Yeah. So I started at the university of Utah in 1998, uh, spent two years there from there. I had a short stint at Utah state for, uh, about six months and then went to Arizona state, spent four years at Arizona state. And Tell then, us about who was at Arizona State. I think it's interesting. You got Kyle Kingsbury, right? Oh, shit. Kyle, you, yeah, Kyle. And, Kyle was a, 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 on our football team. Kyle Kingsbury. He was jacked. He was big. Oh, he right? was really big. I mean, he's jacked now. He looks yeah, great. He was but like he was 280. <laughs> D-line. Seriously? Yeah. He was 280? Yeah. yeah. Worked his butt off. That yeah. sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was huge. 
Uh, Kane Velasquez. Yeah, Kane Fuck was on the here. wrestling team. Ryan Bader was on the wrestling team. Oh my um, god. <laughs> CB Dalloway. Imagine if these guys were on the football John, team too. It's like killing everybody. Yeah, John Morega was a was also in the UFC. Uh, Aaron Simpson, who was in the UFC for mm-hmm. a bit, he was the assistant coach. Yeah, there was we had like there was like eight dudes on that wrestling team that went on to the UFC. Wow. So, yeah, Jesus. a lot of good good group of guys, really mm-hmm. good group of guys. Um, a couple Olympians on the track and field team. Uh, I worked with volleyball. Do you think uh, you kind of learned the most at ASU, like to, to prepare you for the next couple stages? Was that a uh, good strong pivot point there? Or? I, I would say I would say I, I I learned a lot of things there. I mean, I learn everywhere I go. That's just been my whole mindset, um, and I'm always striving to do that. Um, so one more than the other, you know, it really, it really took off, um, learning wise being in the NFL because I, you really start to appreciate and understand how it, it, it's really hard to get the best better. And in order to do so, it takes a level of nuance and detail. Mm. So you got to really dive in and be very detailed in what you do. And so I would say that, and but it built, right? It compounded. It definitely built throughout the years. But I was always open to it, and that's that's what was helped me the most, right? So after Utah, after Arizona State, I got the head job at Utah State. Spent uh, four years there, and then from there I went to the 49ers and then 49ers to the Vikings. How much education did you get um, aside from you know going aside from being an actual strength coach? Yeah. How many seminars and did you did you go to college specifically for like? kinesiology or yeah something so or? i i went to um uh, i got a degree in exercise sports science at the university of utah and then from there have a master's in education from arizona state uh, but i'm telling you the learning happened outside the classroom as you know mm-hmm. right the hours spent uh you know training and, and visiting with folks you know every year i took it upon myself to you know learn from everybody you know we'd hop in a car house and i and travel the country and and visit with people coach house it always comes yes. back to him every time All roads lead back to coach house <laughs> yes and so we would do that and it's actually real special time and you know just a lot of great great uh experiences there and and then and then and then i met with with james and i think it was 2007 i met visited with buddy morris at pitt and james was, was some there. of that through elite yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, we all knew each other, right? Everybody right. was, you know, house was kind of at the forefront of that. I was, you know, kind of the guy behind the scenes and, and, uh, you know, yourself and JL and, you know, you know, all those guys, Wendler, Tate, the whole, the whole crew, like Jeez. everybody kind of Martin Rooney, right? Martin Rooney. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, elite fitness kind of brought a lot of those guys together. And then it just kind of started moving from there. And I really just, my eyes, got wide open in terms of what it really took to to prepare and i was just been on a mission ever since i might be old and thinking this but i don't think there's a network like that anymore i would agree yeah. i would agree with that that was a good good crew really good That's crew a lot yeah. of names i mean we literally i remember one year house and i would um we visited with jim and dave tate in a Mexican restaurant in Tucson, Arizona, and we ate dinner twice. We had lunch. You ate dinner ate twice dinner in twice. the same day? We literally were like in writing stuff city. on the napkins in a restaurant, in a Mexican restaurant in Tucson. They were there to do a seminar. We showed up at 11 a.m. and left at 9 p.m., and it was like nonstop. We didn't leave the place. And wow. it was things like that, right? It was things like that where we got in a car to go to do these things, and you know, it was just kind of what we did, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, you can't be successful at that or even like that if you're not interested in it. Correct. 
yeah. just fucking leave after a certain point. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. tired of talking about training. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, we, we were like really into it back then with that stuff. And, and, and then it evolved and, and changed. And I just, you know, kept an open mind and kept perspective and really kind of, it kept on coming back to what are we doing and why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. That's what it always came back to. And then, you know, me linking up with James uh, Smith back in, you know, I think it was 07 or 08, you know, we just really hit it off and, and connected. And, you know, ever since things just started going from there. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious. Did you, was there ever a point and maybe there wasn't because of the way you're talking about it, but was there ever a point in your career that, you kind of got comfortable with what you knew. Like it's never good to get comfortable with what yeah. you know. And I found that out. Um, but a lot of people, like when something you're doing works, yeah. like when you, when you've set up a type of programming, sure. or when you set up nutrition, so many people and it works, yeah. you're like, this is the way you get comfortable. Did that ever happen no. to you during your career? No, no, no it's still not right. Like yeah. for me, it was like, I kind of wanted to trailblaze and kind of set a path. And, and what's happened with that, if if being honest with you what's happened is i've created a bit of a gap because the way of thinking is just a little bit different than than most mm-hmm. but i i just kind of know because i poked holes in it left right and center in and, terms of what you do correct okay. and and i'm just like tell me if there's a better way tell me like i want to know what do you think poke holes in this You're, be critical of this and I've done that. And, and really, that's how you make progress, right? Is mm-hmm. to be able to step back and look at things, poke holes in things, question things, and then get other people too. Like, what do you think, right? Like, and I kept on getting the same response from everybody. Like, whoa, you guys are onto something here. Like, that's that. And, and, or why aren't people doing that? And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, I'm really in that p- place, in that position where it's like, you can't, it's, I, I can't comprehend or you can't tell me any different. I'm willing to listen, but you can't tell me that that's not right. Mm. And just in my mind, I'm like, tell me. And if you can, you know, somebody prove it wrong, please do. Um, and so I, I've always felt that way. And I think what happens is when you look at the game itself and what that entails, you can't deny that you need to do that to get better at that, mm-hmm. not something that has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so I've always felt that way, right? Because I was a guy that was, you know, gifted in the weight room and in, in all these things, but I knew it just wasn't about that. I knew it was about playing football and then what it took to do that. And so that's kind of where I just transitioned and my mind changed to, to develop that understanding, like this is what it really takes. And so I think sky's the limit because, you know, soup to nuts, like top to bottom, nobody's fully integrating that way, but it's coming. I have a kook. So that makes me wonder something. When you were mentioning how James Smith thinks that there should be a coach that kind of understands aspects of everything maybe they're not a specialist but they understand aspects of everything right yeah there's so many different rabbit holes of types of programs and programming strength for different types of sports out there but if you were to think of you know i guess five required or, or, or just like things that people could read purchase buy right now that if they were to be able to you know understand aspects from this book or this book or whatever could give them a general understanding of strength what would some of that literature be? Because I know there's so much, and maybe well, you can't break it into five, the, the, but yeah, I mean, could. the thing is, is, is how is that strength being expressed, right? Yeah. So think about this, right? This is how I look at it. What's essential? What's not essential? Think of an MMA fighter. What's mm-hmm. essential, right? They got a punch. They got a kick. They got an elbow. They got a knee. They got a takedown. They got a uh, defend takedowns. 
That's essential. Mm -hmm. You can't question that. They got to submit. They got to grapple. They got to, you know, you know, maybe choke, whatever, armbar, whatever. That's essential. Mm -hmm. Bench press, box jump, cleans. Is that essential? Like, can you be good at MMA and not be good at that? Yeah. Correct. So what is essential? Start with what is essential. And then now these things may underpin these things down the line, but it's not essential. Mm -hmm. What's essential? What's not essential? And so strength is, is, it's a touchy subject because everybody's strength is differently, Mm -hmm. is different, right? Like how do you best express it when you're doing whatever it is you're doing? Yeah. For offensive linemen, right? How do they express it? Well, they got to get out the ball. They got to overcome force. They got to sustain force. They got to yield force. That's different than a linebacker. Right, his his might his strength may happen where there's more motion before contact. Right, mm-hmm. everything's different. Right, so how they express strength that's what you have to really understand. And right? somebody somebody might apply more force just because they're kind of mean, like they're just like mean, like <laughs> they maybe have, they're they like, have intent. They're like intent reckless, to do or so. they just are really interested in like just knocking you the hell out. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might be like if you're a little bit more on the kind side, it doesn't mean that you can't still knock somebody out, but. You've seen it, uh, you know, a bunch of times. Some of these players are they're ferocious. Yeah, you know, they they have a kind of a mean streak in them, which can play against them sometimes because they can get in like fights that they probably shouldn't. But it can play to their favor. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a psychological trait, right? So, and when you look at psychological qualities that people have to have for every position, it's different. Do you want your quarterback like that? You want him, you know, trying to knock the crap out of people? Probably not. Like, you want him calm, cool, collected, poised, right? You want those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So those are traits that when you look at each individual, what what traits do they need to have? What should they have, right? And so that's that's where you dive into those things. Okay. Well, okay. So let me let me pull back on that even more. Because now, like, yeah, it, it depends. It depends on the sport, depends on the position. I get that. Correct. I'm still talking about general understanding, though. So, like you know in an exercise phys degree or whatever there are going to be certain books that people read right or certain texts that maybe you don't end up even applying but from all of the the studying that you've done from all the yeah. reading that you've done through the years what do you think are some like just some literal texts that yeah. have really had a good effect on your knowledge in terms of general yeah, strength training yeah there's you know obviously um you know with, with james's book the governing dynamics is a, is a great book it's it's okay. you know yeah. you, you take your time reading that sucker it's, it's a tough read you know obviously you know mel siff super training book that's the old bible right mm-hmm. you know i grew up following a lot of charles poliquin's things a lot of you know just kind of in in that realm and um you know I, i'm canadian and so that kind of had an influence on me as well mm-hmm. and um so yeah, just kind of the old heads, you know, okay. the, the, a lot of the old heads, but I, I, I pick and choose. Right. And I understand really at the end of the day, you know, it's some of that is all chicken soup, right. You know, some sets, a few sets, some sets, right. At the end of the day, right. Like, does it really matter? Yay or nay. Right. It's mm-hmm. debatable always based upon whether or not it's a limitation or not. Right. Like, so for example, in the NFL, if you get a guy that's just so weak that needs to improve that quality, well, guess what? And it's a limitation. We need to, we need to bring that up. And then here's how we can do that. Right. Versus, you know, a guy that has enough, but can express it tenfold. Well, guess what? Anything we do is going to be very restorative in nature and really kind of getting the kinks out and helping them maintain a certain level of strength. Right. Mm -hmm. Because how can they express it? That's the key. Right. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about, um, you know, equanimity. We've talked about that on the show before and having an even mind. And I, 
even mentioned to you as mentioned on a, a podcast uh, this week where Ed Milet said Mark Bell taught me about equanimity, which I thought was pretty cool, oh, which shit. I learned from James, which I learned from James. So yep. I got to credit credit him with that. But that was that was pretty cool for me. Um, in you know your understanding of uh, you know kind of gaining this knowledge and being able to apply it to yeah. your day to day. How has it transformed your life, your career, your relationships? Yeah, it, to- it totally has. Even even with 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 where we're at right now, right? Um, there's a there's a saying with the the Tao of uh, the art of war, which is in the midst of chaos lies opportunity. That's kind of how I viewed this whole time, mm-hmm. and um, I just knew it wouldn't be helpful to boohoo about anything and and just have that that type of mind frame and and what can I do versus what can I do and. And, and trust me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a robot, man. There's times that I get upregulated, but I'll tell you this, I'm able to kind of reset and kind of get myself back to baseline. Um, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of things going on in life that, that you're provided and you, you have these opportunities with how to demonstrate that in itself. And it's a great quality and trait to have, you know, you're just, you're, you're in a good place. Like, like for me, you know, I'm not in the NFL, I'm doing things on my own and I feel great. I feel great. Like I'm in attack mode as it relates to these things. I just feel great about it and I feel good about it. And I have a tremendous amount of interest in doing what I'm doing right now. And so that to me is that perspective. Whereas to be honest with you, you know, it's like, Oh, Mark Uyama's not in the NFL. It's like 14, you know, 13 years. They're more worried about it than me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I feel good. I don't want to do that right now. That's not where I'm at. And so, not to say, like I said, it's a privilege to be in the NFL. And trust me when I say I'm very indebted to a lot of the people that helped me along the way and the people in the NFL, I'm just not in that place right now. Like, I'm okay. Like, I want to do other things, right? I want to do other things. I got my sights set on other things, and um, I look forward to doing those. How about, like, what are you going to do with your fitness moving forward? Because, like, you've done martial arts. you played yeah. a bunch of sports. We were talking about jiu-jitsu a little bit. So, for you... In the next few years, like, I assume like, yeah, you're going to be doing things and working with people, yeah. but in terms of like your output, as far as like, you know, gym or whatever's concerned, how, how, what are you going to do with that? You know, I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. And that's, I train, you know, yeah. I get up. That's like the first thing on my mind of what I want to <clears> do. And, um, it's just kind of ingrained in me. It's, it's, I've created certain behavior and habits towards those mm-hmm. and it's a part of my life. And so I'm going to continue to do that. i just have a different path in terms of kind of like, you know, some of the things I'm involved with, you know, from a business standpoint that are still in kind of health space Mm -hmm. and, um, and medical space and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, I just, I'm on a different path and, but myself personally, I need that. Yeah. I need that. You guys know what it's like. You know, I need that as part of my day to day of what I do. Right. So the training, the competing, the, you know, I just need that. That's kind of how I've been brought up. As far as your training is concerned, I'm curious about your thoughts on this because I, okay, it's not necessary for somebody who's like a strength coach or a coach to be in amazing shape or whatever. But when I do see an individual who does work with people and they're very out of shape, kind of feel sus about it. (laughs) Just being real, just being real. So Mm -hmm. like through your career, were there ever times where you just were so bogged because your job is extremely, it was extremely hectic. I can assume. Did your, did you, did you ever have to let your health go like out the window or did you ever pay less attention to your health 
in pursuit of what you were currently doing or did you kind of always keep that at the forefront? Yeah, I, 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 I did because it helped me in other areas too. But like, needs to say, like I'm 240 something. I've been 290 before. Like, oh, trust me, like I mean, I'm five foot eight. Like that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's that guy? You know, the, the fact is, is, uh, you know, in when I played, I was like, I was like in the eighties, like that's just kind of, now is that the most healthiest to be? No. No, trust me, I'm not trying shit. Yeah, but you know that comes some. You know, there's other things that come with that. Yeah. But you know, to 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 stay on top of it and to practice what you preach, um, is is important. Is important for me. It's part of it's part of my day to day. You know, you you've been around some really high level people. I've heard you mention uh, some of the different people that you know, and it's obvious that you've been around you know NFL players and and uh, high level athletes, professional athletes. What are some of the common traits amongst maybe some of the billionaire, millionaire, uh, and professional athletes that you've seen? That's like like wow, they kind of always have these two or three traits about yeah. them every single time without fail. A lot, a lot of it has to do with um, being resilient and then showing resolve as well, right? Because this is life, right? So being able to kind of have a bounce back, right? And things that you're faced with and then having resolve, which is being undeterred. Things are going to happen and you just got to continue to forge ahead and just kind of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say like the, the don't quit mentality, but like just really being diligent and and almost stubborn in a sense to 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 continue to do things and forge ahead and 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 bust your butt and and those sorts of things so qualities from that but also people that are willing and 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 humble and in in a way in which they 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 know they don't know everything but then what more can they learn and so that to me is really what stands out but like the day-to-day of being resilient and not to be deterred right because this is life and how things happen and to just view things uh in a way that best serves you that's that's important for me yeah that resilience is huge and it's something i i was with some friends this weekend and we got talking about some business stuff and they they mentioned how they've almost been deterred by a bunch of different things over the years how they saw this company do this thing they saw this person do that thing and they kind of were like oh shit i think i should do that they got into that mentality of of just thinking that but luckily for them they never did it yeah and they're like here we are you know 20 years later we're still with a very successful business so part of the resilience is just to like is to just hold your ground and to stay rooted and connected to your core values and say no 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 this is what I'm doing. I'm going to stay right here. I'm yep. going to I'm going to hang tight. Yep. And it might not seem like the most exciting move ever, yeah, but yeah. I'm just not going to fucking move. That's mm. that's a great point cuz like even like with myself right now personally, it's like I I I'm I'm going to stay uh, two things are going to go on with me right now. I'm st- I'm stabilizing and then I'm going to educate, right? So I'm stabilizing me and I'm getting everything all my ducks in order. Right. I'm being, I'm kind of fluid right, right now, but I'm stabilizing and I'm going to educate like what's the next step, what's next action. That's my mindset. I need to educate myself on that even more so. So I'm doing things as it relates to that, but I got to stabilize myself first. And as it relates to lifting, I remember the, the first couple times I, when I was pursuing a thousand pound squat, I remember in training and I would do like 900 or I had certain training days that were going to be really heavy. Rather than thinking about the weight or thinking about how hard any of it was going to be, I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to stand up to this weight 
and I'm just going to maintain my position throughout the range of motion because that's really what it is. If you boil it down, that's yeah. all you're trying to do. And I'm like, I'm just not going to fucking move. Like, yeah. I don't care what happens. I don't care how heavy I think it feels or whatever. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold tight. Yeah. And it's worked for me, like in all aspects of life, just to kind of yeah, hold other, your ground. Don't, don't panic. The, you other, know? the other thing you, you have mentioned in the past, Mark, that, that I adhere to too, is the consistency, right? Like you talk about it, kicking motivations, but like just being consistent. Right. And so there's always opportunities to do that. And there's always opportunities to have these little successes in what it is that you're doing and kind of creating habits for yourself. And everybody, everybody does this, but I'm telling you that it works. Yeah. Touching the wall. Works. Like we did today when we were walking, just keep touching the, just because you told yourself, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? I didn't hear that. Touching what? Uh, I just like when I walk, like, especially if I walk in the gym, sometimes uh-huh. I just take, I do like, I just like take a lap, you know, I just, I'll do some push ups, and I'll just walk up and down the turf. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to touch the wall. You know, I touch the wall cause that's the finish point. And then I touch the garage door and I'm like, I just said something to myself and I just actually did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how simple is that? Like you can do this with anything. You can yeah. do it with brushing your teeth, taking yep. a shit, taking a shower, yep. shaving, shaving your, your face or your balls or your head or whatever it is that you, that you're doing. You can say something to yourself and say like, Hey, like I just did it. Give yourself a pat on the back for it. Yeah. That kind of goes into what you were mentioning before, though, when it comes to um, the the way you interpret things. Like yep. when you start paying attention to that or like just like when you start actually making intention to do something, the, everything you do, you're going to start making that a practice. So even with the little like touching the wall or making sure that you make a decision to do that, it will play into other aspects of what you do. Yeah. And just you, you know what happens to like, you know, for me personally, like even today, mm-hmm. um, I haven't pressed in I don't know how long. I got blown up, okay? And I found, I caught myself, I complained a little bit. And I told, I said, all right, that's enough. Don't, don't even complain. Like, just catching yourself do these things. Mm-hmm. And because language is important, language is key, right? Just even talking about certain things. It's just like, I'm not going to deny it. I'm not some, you know, no magic potion here. I got blown up. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> me complaining about it, especially to Mark, was going to do nothing. Yeah. So just shut up and fucking do it, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 you catch yourself with this because just in how you talk or how you infer, like, it's just not helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could just say, I heard the complaint it registered, <laughs> you know, but denied, you know, like sure. you're not, you're yeah. not giving it any credit. I mean, sometimes there might be something legitimate, like, Oh, mm-hmm. I should, I should tell him that I tore my shoulder. <laughs> you know, I, I tore my rotator cuff three weeks ago. I should probably, you know, mention that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anything, uh, just because, again, you've worked with the highest level of athletes, you've had access to just like crazy pieces of equipment, probably. So from what you've done through the years, are there any aspects of maybe training recovery that people maybe might be thinking of or that you don't hear talked about as much that you've used when it comes to athletes you've worked with? Training recovery. Um, I, I, I will say this. Um, when you look at even modalities of, of any type of recovery modality, it's, it's, there's a commonality and a foundation and that's Mm -hmm. pressure release just in a different form, right? So chiropractor pressure release, massage pressure release, the, you know, the boots, Boots everything's pressure release. Mm -hmm. So really what works best and what you're, you know, I know guys that, you know, say cold plungers are, are helpful Mm -hmm. that absolutely despise doing it well if they hate doing it don't put them in there Mm. it's not gonna work right so it's it's that like really kind of what works well for you 
And so everybody's different, but I do, but I do think that needs to be sequenced and organized correctly versus just, you know, doing a bunch of things that kind of like you're hoping it works, right? So yeah, it's like supplements, right? You hope, you hope things work. So having that sequence and that understanding of the demands of what you're recovering from and then what the end result is from that, right? Like, so I would, you got to be specific too, and, and that can change per individual and from what it is that they're recovering from. Mm -hmm. And maybe just looking at the program, like if you think you need all those things all the time. Well, that's, that's the thing too, right? So what, what I try to do is try to steer them away from doing that, especially because you, you want to allow the body to do what's naturally supposed to do. And that's recover, Mm. adapt, right? So the soreness, that's fine. Let the body go through that process versus doing all the, everybody's so quick to put something on or jump into something or do whatever. Just let the body do what it's supposed to do, right? Sleep good, eat good, rest up, warm up correctly, you Mm -hmm. know, do those things, right? No, there's no magic solution. How was it having actually to deal with uh, sleep when it comes to athletes? Because I I imagine pro athletes, well, you know, they know how important training is. They know how important performing on the field is, but they probably have a lot of great things that they can do outside of, you know, yeah, you know all of that. So, how do you get them to actually take sleep seriously? As that's probably the biggest aspect of the recovery overall. Yeah, it's one thing you have control over. You know, here's the thing as it relates to that. Some of the best teams you've been around, they've been the ones that are were the ones that didn't sleep as much, right? Mm. But you know, it's important, right? Some like, of the best. Te- Wait, really? Uh, you know, the guys like to do their thing, right? Oh, yeah. So the thing is, the thing, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is. Right. And, and, you know, I've, I've done some things with not much sleep myself. So the thing is, 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 is all starts with the education and the importance and, you know, you just, come on, man. Like it's newsflash sleep's important, right? Like, no, you got to sleep. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably hard to get the message across to someone who's 25 years old. Mm And uh, has tons of money and whatever else. Yeah, I can recover quick right. and, you know, can do an all-nighter and show up and kick ass, right? Yeah, like and it's if, not everybody's like that. If they're successful and they're winning, there's a lot more stuff to do because more people want to hang out. Yeah. yeah. That actually makes me curious. Yep. Okay. So now that, you know, when you've maybe paid attention to some of the older athletes that, sure. are, that have still been in the NFL, because it's rare yep. for an older guy to be there for a long amount of time. Yeah. What is the difference between them and other guys, maybe I know positionally, maybe they're not in as, as rough of a spot. Sure. But at the same time, like if you're able to last a long time in that league, what's the difference? Yeah. I would say the difference is a um, couple things. They know when the camera's on. Mm. All right. So what that means is they're not blowing their blowing their wad during an individual period, right? Killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think what happens is is least amount of effort to get the optimal result result right yeah seriously yeah right? it's ga- about game day at the end of the day right uh-huh so whatever it is to prepare for game day you're gonna do but game day is not on wednesday right mm-hmm. be smart in how you're how you're approaching and working back from the game and understand uh your gears especially everybody's all gung-ho week one of training camp right kick it down a notch let everything let all your emotions let everything subside yeah then you start kicking into gear. So understanding when to turn it on and when to turn it off. You know, I coached a guy that he's a hall of famer now. And uh, one of the things I said, you know, he played 16 years. I said, how have you been doing it so long? And he says, you know, I know when the camera's on, he knows to turn it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And the best ones make, make it look good all the time. So even though the sk- the intensity may be down, they still make it look really good. Yeah. 
right? So you got to know you got to know how to do that. Uh-huh. I think there's an old story about like Magic Johnson. He got into a game for the Lakers when he was like a rookie, and he ended up with the ball at the end. And he made the shot, and uh, I think he I think he might have took over for like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something. Kareem got hurt. I mean, it, it wasn't normal for Magic Johnson to play center, but mm-hmm. for a particular mm-hmm. game, if I'm re- remembering some of this correctly. He hits a game-winning shot, and everyone goes crazy, and, you know, he gets, like, yeah, just people are just going nuts about it. And he's, he walks the locker room, he's, like, crying, because he, like, he just can't believe that, you know, things went down this way, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goes to him, and he's like, hey, man, that's just, like, it's just like what we do like that's a regular season game you know like good job you know hey we won the game but yeah we played tomorrow night you know as well you know chill out we're good right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's 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 guys like that that have that understanding right they know when 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 it's time to really crank it up you know and when you look at it like even during like a playoff type situation yeah as much as you say okay hey it's just a game guys crank it up even more and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of part of it um you know, they're definitely not playing like that in the preseason game, right? Mm-hmm. Preseason game, they're working on things, tightening things up, but they know when to turn it loose, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's that understanding of, of that. Andrew, being a uh, long-time or short-time bandwagoner of the 49ers, right, yeah. <laughs> you probably have a couple of questions over there. No, well, I mean, okay, so apparently I've been a lifelong Niner fan for like half a year. <laughs> Even though I've shown pictures of me being like two years old wearing a Niner gear. We claim they were photoshopped, yeah. Everyone Jumping thinks on they're that photoshopped, one, huh? okay. yeah. Okay. No. Um, no, I mean, you answered a bunch of stuff with like Kaepernick and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. my, my question's like, I mean, again, like as just an outside fan, like that one day is like so huge for me. It's like, man, do these players even care? Do they understand like how impossible it is to get back here? But after what you were just saying, I'm like, oh shit, that. That's amazing that they feel that way too, um, and I, again, this only comes up because as it relates to what Super Bowl, yeah, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl? Yeah, Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. no, yeah, but time. I mean, just everything in yeah. general. Like, I mean, you know, I, I grew up. They're not going to believe me as a Niner fan, so I was born into Montana Rice. Uh-huh. Super Bowl wins, like, oh, this is great. Yep. As an adult, fuck, I've been let down a lot, <laughs> you know. So when I see this, and I'm like, man. Why aren't why aren't why isn't it clicking? Like why aren't they playing the way they're supposed to be playing? We're not going to be back here next year. Yeah. I don't I don't care what you're saying, but the fact that you said you know like no, they do care a lot about oh, it. It's, it's a, you know what, and a lot of moving parts, right? A lot yeah, of things uh, come into that. And so, so many things have sure. to fall in place, and you know you got to deal with injuries and then other teams' injuries and all that shit. It's just it's so wild to me and. Yeah, dude, it's it's weird how like a grown man can be on the outside looking in and be so invested into something like that, <laughs> you know. And it, again, it's just me being a fan, sure. and you know, having you here. Well, like shit, dude. The first week I was here, you yep. you remembered yeah. how long I had been here. Yep. Meeting you was like yep. a huge day for me. I, I was bragging about that for like months. Like, <laughs> dude, I, guess who I got to hang out sure. with? That was so cool. So. Yeah, I don't have any like actual like hard questions in regards to the Niners, other yep. than just you know being just grateful to actually met and know you absolutely that's so well, cool mutual and you know the thing is i always tell people you know it's it, it's not fantasy football for us right right you know it's, it's kind of the day-to-day and what you think it is <laughs> trust me it's not yeah right? it's a lot a lot goes into it and um you know you, you invest a lot of yourself into mm-hmm. it and um you know, like I said, it, it's very demanding, but it, mm-hmm. it is an absolute privilege. Yeah. So um, after you left San Francisco, yeah. um, did you leave them in good hands? 
<laughs> you know what I did? You know, I, mm-hmm. those guys there, man, I was there 10 years and, and top to bottom had a really good relationship with, with those guys and, and mm-hmm. still do, still mm-hmm. do a lot of those guys there. And, you know, it's not too many of the players are still there, but I, I, I do, uh, communicate with a lot of the people still there and, and have some friends for life. And the players that were there, you know, when I was there, I still communicate and talk to all yeah. the time, all the time. So the, uh, the, the culture that was built there in that long, that long yeah, time. Yeah, it was a special, it, it was a special group of guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if you talk to any of the guys that were, you know, there when we were there mm-hmm. with the Justin Smiths and Frank Gores of the world and Patrick Willis's, <sighs> I mean, you, you talk, doing it. talk about a special group, like yeah. a really, like you're not finding that, you know, it was, we played Dallas this year and Alden Smith ran past and I talked to him before and. You know, it was just a pretty, you, you just don't find that group of guys that we had. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we missed a couple opportunities. Patrick Willis. There. How hard was that oh, for him, Like, uh, for you guys, like when, I, I mean, he had to walk away when he yep. had to walk away, yeah. you know, but like he was like one of the best guys in the whole league. Oh, and, and not to mention one of just the best people. So it's cool one of the because best. it's like his well-being is at stake, I guess, yeah. you know, and, and he doesn't want to play anymore. But at the same time, you're probably like, come on, dude. Like, well, we really he, need you. He, he knew when the time yeah. was right and that was his decision. And, and, you know, obviously we support him. You know, Patrick Willis, salt of the earth, just great, great guy, great mm. person. Everything you want. I mean, just a beast out there, just an absolute beast and a leader and a multiplier and you know, obviously the talent speaks for itself, but you know, somebody I still keep in contact with. I've seen him in a slingshot before too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <you> have. <laughs> he loves yes, to train. Have. It looks like he loves to train. He's yeah, still he's training still hard. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. He does. Well, I don't think we ever actually got to understand, but having coached so many sports, I mean, you said volleyball, yeah. wrestling, football, and something else when, when track you're, and field, track and field, yep. um, was being a NFL, an NFL coach, the goal the whole time. Or did you have? Yeah, it, it was. It was. How long was that? Like, was it nah, since you were as soon a as kid? I get, no, as soon as I. Obviously, you want to play in the NFL, right? Like, yeah. so for me, I had these goals of being in the Pac-10 back <laughs> yeah. in the day. Like, when I coach, I'm going to be in the Pac-10. Then I'm gonna be in the NFL. Well, you know, I was in the Pac-10 with the with the um, ASU with Arizona State, and mm-hmm. then NFL. That was the goal. Trust me, I was been talking like this since I got in the field. Yeah, that was the goal uh, along the way. <laughs> Again, I really appreciate, I was appreciative of those other sports uh, because it expanded, expanded my knowledge and my growth as well. But I enjoyed those other sports. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge volleyball fan, huge volleyball fan, love the sport. Yeah. Right. And so I got to learn the sports and, and what it took to, to, to do well in those. And I became a fan of those sports and mm-hmm. still am. Yep. Now, now this is probably the last things I want to kind of understand because you, you mentioned like, you know, you, you were saying the explosiveness of a track athlete, the spatial awareness of a volleyball player, yeah. et cetera. There was a point that you were thinking about how like these things could make the ultimate football player. Yeah. But when then you said you like, did, did you say like you kind of switched your mindset to paying specific attention to the sport of football and then everything else was applied to that? Yeah. So I understood that like, because at that time, you know, the lens in which I was looking through was just one of which of improving physical traits, mm-hmm. like improving, improving these guys physically. Yeah. Then I started to understand like, wow, the physical traits are what underpin the specific techniques and the tactics and the psychological. I started piecing it all together mm-hmm. and developing an understanding of how that in itself, your psychological state can influence everything, can make your, your physical traits 
diminish or emerge. And so that's kind of when I started opening my eyes to how it's all connected. And really those physical traits in the NFL, they wouldn't be there if they didn't have them. They just would not be there. They have physical traits. The best ones have those other components. So the I psychological components as you're speaking psychological, about. sensory motor, your yeah. processing, your decision making, your ability to think and respond and react. Mm-hmm. They have those. The best ones have those. It's probably going to be a while before uh, this app is released. Can you speak about the app or are you guys trying to keep it on a download? For yeah. Now? You know what? I, are you bringing, is James coming out here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love for him to speak on that. Mm-hmm. I can speak on it as it relates to me and 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 being an advisor t- uh, to to that, but uh, yeah, he's he's onto something special there with with that and with Novacind and and that whole deal. And I'd like you know he he can expound upon that. Yeah, how did you get yourself uh, involved in some technology, like in the tech world? Yeah, you know, I I, I met uh, obviously being you're in supposed the Silicon Meathead, Mark. right? Right, mm-hmm. in meeting this, in, you know, being in the Silicon Valley, you just kind of you you meet people and you rub shoulders with people and. I met uh, a friend of mine um, in like 2014, 2015, and we just really hit it off and, and you know, our the stars aligned. And so that's kind of, he, he knows and has an understanding of, of really, if you provide something of value, you wrap tech around it, you can scale, and then you help somebody be a profit center. That model yeah. of business, it, it can be very successful. And that's just kind of what we've done with some of the things we're doing. The scaling is unlimited. Unlimited and the uh, and it compounds and it's it's a massive. You have a massive reach. What's in that right? context? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know you, but I don't want you can't go specifically. Sure. But are we? Is this like a fitness thing? Is it a? It's not a fitness thing. It's more med tech versus health and wellness. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it's a lot of what he, you shared today. It's a lot of sure. you know uh, helping people with well, their mind yeah. mindset. You, so that that's that right. So there, it's really kind of that's one of the one of the tentacles, one of the branches, I mean, yeah, one of the branches that, that, that were that <laughs> one we of the tentacles. Well, that's one of them, <laughs> right? So that's that's more the you know in in. I don't want to do it a disservice, uh, you know. And you know, Mark, you you've gone through some some of this. It's it's just really helpful, really mm-hmm. helpful things and and things that kind of open your mind to, you know, like what is possible and and kind of how to view things and kind of you know how to approach your your and how to be immune to things and and kind of oh, live stress free. So curious, yeah. ah, that's pretty cool stuff. Inoculated. <laughs> There you go, right? <laughs> sounds awesome. It sounds sick. Yeah, so it, the, the name of it is uh, called Novacind, right? Yeah, that's James's And James's it's like, means, it means new mind. Correct. So it's trying to get you to wrap your brain around having new uh, ideas and concepts. And the app is not available yet, so if you're no. looking for it. Yeah, it's not available. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there yet. But uh, I know that you guys are you guys are testing it, so we'll see if uh, maybe we can get some testers. Maybe you want me can, to test? I'll test. Maybe, <laughs> I'll test. Maybe it's it's re- really beneficial. And, you know, James is, is leading the charge there and, and, uh, that's kind of his, you know, we're, we're able to, to package what it is going on in, in his mind and, and be able to transfer it to, to a lot of people. So yeah. It's pretty cool. Cool. We actually had a, a quick follow-up question from uh, Settlegate, the guy the, uh, with the Collies that you said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just asking about more book recommendations. Um, if you have any recommendations for books on Ooh. communication and leadership. Or even a seminar or something that you went to that helped a lot. Oh, yeah. If I'm being honest with you, I've been fortunate. You know, James and I, I I talk to him daily, literally daily, multiple Mm -hmm. times a day. And it's, I've just, 
I'm he's so he's knowledgeable and he, he's been able to to pass on a lot of information. I've been we've been having a theorist experimentalist type relationship for years, and so he just takes that and those categories just to another level because mm-hmm. he's able to not only aggregate a bunch of other things in in, in conjunction, but also an understanding of what underpins those, those things in leadership and culture and what have you. He has it just a, dives deep, yeah. right? He, he has explanations that are kind of undeniable when you yeah. start to really think about them. I guess if you were to practice some of his things for a longer period of time, you might be able to poke more holes in it and come up with, a, you know, create new knowledge sure. around it. But for in general, um, I and, asked James some of these things a while back cause I used him for some consulting as well. I paid him to consult me. Um, in talking to him, I was like, hey, like, how do I kind of continue my education on some of this? Because, like, I don't want to use him as a consultant forever. Yeah. Just the time commitment and, and things like that. And we could probably go on forever because he knows a lot about a lot of different things. But in asking him that, he's like, no one else. He, he wasn't being cocky. He's just like, no one else does this. Like, it's. it's yeah, it's just, it's, there's, there's, there's nobody doing it. And. It would um, be like if the Stoic philosophers, uh studied a lot of different things from like science to physics correct because like in physics with like mathematics and with certain things there's things that are undeniable Mm -hmm. some of the things that he explains um we we think that things come from our experiences right like we think that like oh this guy uh and seema knows a lot about jujitsu because he experienced it but it's like well that doesn't really hold up very well because we've never experienced uh, a star you know, we've never, no one's ever, no one's ever been inside of a star that I know of yeah. <laughs> and lived to tell the story. But we know a fucking crazy amount of shit about stars, you yeah. know, and planets. And these are places that we never even visited. These are places we never even seen. We've never even collected dirt from there. Like, and so anyway, it, it, t- it takes you through all those things and, and lays out a lot of good explanations on even just the very fact of how knowledge is created. Yeah. And once you start to understand that, it makes you kind of question other things. You're like, it's it's kind of annoying, really, because you have to go back and like clean out your closet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> your here's old the thing, thoughts. You, you got to scrape through you, them. You and do, work but here, here's the thing: you really want to evolve and get better, then be willing to do that. Because right. for me personally, I would question, and I'm okay. Like, guess what? Things I've done in my career and things I've done to this point in in preparation and training players was wrong, uh, flat out wrong. But I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm okay with that. And I know that to be true. Okay. That's not saying everything is, you know, whatever he says means, you know, that's not saying that. Trust me. I've tried to poke holes in everything I've tried. And once you understand concepts, then you see it. It's just like, wow. Like every day you're getting these light bulb moments of opportunities to, to put these things into practice. And you said, you don't want to be a, a consultant your whole life. Well, you know, there is a platform in which they we built right you know the platform too mm-hmm. it's an error identification error correction platform that helps moderate situations or what have you within organizations that is the 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 ongoing way in which you can you know you can demonstrate what you're learning but what are you talking about so it, with Novasend, it's oh Novasend, yeah. So, okay. So with okay, Novasend, okay. it's not just like, hey, listen to this app and yada yada yada. You're on your way. Like, no, it's there's there's a platform that coincides with the application. I don't. Do you know this, Mark? I do know a little okay. bit about it, but I haven't seen that. Okay. Aspect well, I'm gonna yet. tell you this. That thing's pretty cool. That's now you put the ego aside, right? And it's best idea wins. 
and hey, it's problem solution and let's figure things out. And it's not anonymous where guys can, you know, actually, you know, work to solve things. Right. And it's no egos about it. Mm -hmm. Now, had you not gone through the consulting, you know, you know what a forum is, you know, guys are bitching about this, that, and the other, and fuck who, I don't want to hear it, Mm -hmm. but this is different. Once you go through that and then now you do these things, you'd be surprised at what can actually happen, right? When, when you do that. Mm. And so you just put to practice, it's an opportunity to put those things into practice. And, you know, he's onto something with just that. Just kind of imagine like if the goal was like literally not for you to get better, but for everyone to get better. Like, because if you raise the whole room up, like when you go to jujitsu, you raise the whole room up, it's going to be so much easier for you to get better. So yep. imagine just, <clears throat> and these conversations are never really had, but imagine <laughs> if everyone had equal power and equal say and kind of like what happens. And you guys do a lot of that because you say, oh, I found a better way to do this. or I found a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. But rather than like, um, some places have like kind of a dictatorship. Yeah. Like this is the way we're going to run class and this is the way yeah. it has to be done. Yeah. And it would or, be. Or, or say you're on the mat mm-hmm. and you got that guy that comes to train all the time. That's just keeping score. I tapped three guys today and he's going home with a, fu- with a scoreboard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that dude, like, come on, relax, bro. Like, mm-hmm. right. But can you imagine the environment where everybody would be working together in mm-hmm. that sense? And, uh, and trust me, it's not a kumbaya session by any means, yeah. but it, it is, it is understanding that there's going to be a work amongst one another. You're going to help each other. Hey, you may know how to solve this better than I do or what have you. And I'm okay with that. I'm in a position myself personally. I'm okay. I'm good. Tell me how can we do it better? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus ego driven, Right. And, and, and then have something like that, that, that can kind of disturb the function of whatever. You maybe tell doing. the guy, like you use the same move every time to tap everybody out. Let's have you not use that move yeah. and see what other skills you Practices can develop. Without yeah. getting emotional. Yeah. It. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it's, really it's pretty cool stuff. Obviously, you know, James will probably come through here and, and be Talk able to. Talk for 75 hours. Correct. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, in, I mean, he, he's, you know, he does a, a nice job with that. Yeah, I'm working uh, with him to like pay him to consult the entire team. So, yeah. and I, what I, the reason why it's taking him a little bit to set it up is I, I would like it to be uh, more ongoing. I don't want him just to come here for a couple days yeah. and, and give you guys a little bit of st- stuff and then mm-hmm. have you guys be thoroughly confused. <laughs> 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 I, I would rather have it be like a little bit more ongoing than that. So that's mm-hmm. what we're working on. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Wow, dude. <laughs> I'm psyched. That's I'm so stuff. fucking psyched right now. Yeah. That's, that's, that's you guys are in, in for a treat there. That's, it's sure. really cool for me to see and probably for you as well, being a friend and then you also, you know, assisting him kind of through this process. It's been great for me to watch from the outside because this is a guy who, was a strength conditioning coach. He did really well with it. He obviously could have continued to push it. Um, he didn't he didn't love what he was doing any longer with that process and he was learning other stuff studying other stuff he goes in like a deep deep dark hole and n- never comes back out of it until kind of more recently and it looks like he's coming out the other end and it just it looks like financially it looks like uh in all aspects of his life that so he'll be really be taking a large step forward and for me that's really cool to watch um because he he, <laughs> as smart as he is, when he asks me questions about like slingshot and stuff like that, I could see how disconnected he sometimes is to stuff. Oh, yeah. He's like, has that been profitable for you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just hang hang up on him. Is that Hello? fitness yeah, thing he, working yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely in his own world with that, and 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 him. Yep, that's interesting, sick, man. interesting cat. I remember one time uh, he was just telling me like. <laughs> He was frustrated with a bunch of stuff. This is a this is a bunch of years ago, back when he was allowed to be frustrated. But he's like, to me, like things should be more simple. Like a bedroom should just have a bed. <laughs> I was like, I can now I'm starting to see how this guy's divorced. He <laughs> was, was like, you know, this, things should just be more black and white. And yeah. like, I don't know, he's just he's a he's a madman. But we love him. Absolutely makes sense. Andrew, want to take us on out of here, buddy? I will. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Thank you, everybody, on the live stream for chatting. We had a Zach Evan S. check-in, who's actually going to be on the podcast what? tomorrow. I know. I know. It's just another one of those strength coaches, right? Let's mm-hmm. throw them all in there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Piedmontese for sponsoring today's episode. Code Power Project for 25% off. Um, links down in the description below, as well as the iTunes show notes. Please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram, Twitter, all whoever the hell you want to find find me is at i am andrew z in sema where you at and in sema in yang on instagram youtube clubhouse tiktok and yeah, sema yin yang on twitter mark mark yeah no i support all you guys <laughs> no social media here but i support you guys all right uh just before we bow out um somebody wants to be a strength and conditioning coach what's uh one thing they should look to do You asked me if I think strength and conditioning coaches should exist, right? Right, right. Um, be a coach. Work on being a coach. Understand the game. Work back from there. Yeah. And just and just go and figure it out, right? Like, go, yeah, go tail you know somebody. What? Go yeah, you know, find somebody that you can learn from. And exactly, and work back from what, what the target as is. As you mentioned, you started out as an unpaid intern, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. going to have to do some grinding out. That's strength it. is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.